Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is VSIN Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome in to Viva Las Vegas. Stormy Bonatoni, Matt Brown with you. VSIN Final Countdown live from our VSIN studio at the South Point. Got Steve Buchanan, betting analyst at DraftKings, coming up here on the program in just about 15 minutes. Get his opinion on some of the divisional round playoff games coming up in the NFL on Saturday and Sunday. But to round out a conversation we had at the end of hour one about the American Express coming up, PGA West in Laquita, California. Matt, you were going through all of your outright plays, but I know you also have a couple in the top 10 market that I wanted to make sure that people heard about. Yeah, so if you didn't get the outrights, Tom Hoagie, Andrew Putnam, Alex Smalley, Ben Griffin, Mark Hubbard on the outright market, and we just had Ben Wilson walk in the studio who filled in on long shots this week. He also on Ben Griffin. Mm-hmm. We don't. We didn't talk. We didn't talk. I we know. didn't. We had. We had no, nothing back and forth. So he also on Ben Griffin this week. I do have three top 10 bets. As well, Brian Harmon, as I mentioned, just has fantastic, fantastic course history here. And he's known as one of the shorter hitters on tour. And that doesn't really matter here. He's one of the more accurate drivers of the golf ball. And so this kind of fits him pretty well. As I mentioned, third last year, eighth in 2021. He was 20th in 2018. He was third in 2017. He was 11th in 2016. So guys played it a ton. Obviously can deal with the format of how it's how it is with the rotating courses and the and the hacks that you're going to be playing with and stuff like that. So I took him at, at a top 10 bet, a uh, little over three to one. Listen, we have very few options here in Nevada for these like top 10 and markets and things like that. You might be able to find a better number, but this is just what I, what was available to me <laughs> just mm-hmm. so that you guys are aware. Um, Ricky Fowler popped up in multiple different versions of my model. Now, I wasn't quite ready to play him on an outright and think that he's going to be totally back and that Rick, you know, if you follow golf and you've been looking around, this Ricky's new swing was kind of like making the rounds over the last couple of weeks. There's some videos and stuff like that about, you know, he found a new swing and he's, you know, playing the best golf of his life, et cetera, et cetera. But even his long-term and short-term results kind of popped up in this model. And so I took him at seven and a half to one to finish in the top 10. And then Carl Yuan is a guy that, if you're not very familiar with him, he is a guy that has had a ton of success on other tours, is moving over to the PGA Tour now. He fits a lot of the skill sets that I'm looking at. Look, not a ton of data here on this. And so um, it's one of those deals where we're just kind of going with what he's been able to do kind of prior and at 12-1 to 1 on the top 10. One thing I do also want to mention here, guys, is only – the stadium course has shot link data. So if you're used to basing your in tournament bets off of like, oh, well, this guy's doing really well in this and this, and maybe that's going to, you know, that's due for regression or something, you're only going to get that data from the stadium course. La Quinta and Nicholas doesn't have shot link for this tournament. So it's it's even harder kind of mm-hmm. to go in with all that. So again, like that's why I'm just, I'm targeting guys that are starting day one on stadium. I'll have some 
at least I'll have some data on those guys, and I know that they're moving from that course to La Quinta, which is going to be much easier on them. And so I, those are really the only guys I would be willing to put in a, an in game on. I had one last quick question mm-hmm. for you on this. Xander Schauffele pulled out of the century a couple weeks ago. Were you surprised to see him such a short shot on the board for this one? Well, I mean, he opened 25. People ate the 25 up, mm-hmm. right? And, and one of those deals, I guess the thinking here is that if he feels like he's healthy enough to go in this, then he is probably good enough to go. And the reason I say that is, like, this is not one of the elevated events or anything like that. Like, this is just a normal prize pool right. event. It's a pro-am. Which Easy again, courses, like Yeah, said, it's like it's so. a pro-am that a lot of guys, like, don't really love either, you know. So there's that. So the, the thinking here amongst at least all the golf nicks that, that you could follow is that, like, he wouldn't play this if he didn't feel like he was – back you know if he if he wasn't like good good to go so that's that's at least what they're thinking anyway and as I mentioned uh we'll know because he tees off on La Quinta on Thursday so he gets the easiest of the three courses and so if he doesn't if he doesn't go low we might see a withdrawal. (laughs) If he doesn't go low, he's like, oh, I'm not going to play the rest of this week. I'm I'm, out of here. And just a reminder as well to anybody who who might just now be tuning in, missed the end of hour one, just you gave great information about the way that the courses are set up. If you are playing on that easier course versus the harder ones, there could be live betting opportunities Mm -hmm. when it comes to the American Express because guys that are dealing with the harder course are bound to get that easier course later um, and get lower numbers as the thing goes on. So just keep that in mind. But later on, in this hour, we'll go through the NBA lines for tonight. We'll go through the NHL lines, a couple notable uh, top 25 teams in action in college hoops tonight. But let's turn our attention to the AFC in the divisional round. The first game that's going to get underway this Saturday, Jags at the Chiefs. Kansas City coming off the buy an eight and a half point favorite total at 53. Um, Kansas City beat Jacksonville 27 to 17 in week 10. Mahomes had four passing touchdowns in that game, a game in which... I mean, it was never in doubt for Kansas City. They had a 20 to nothing lead in the second quarter at one point, but they lost the turnover battle three zip, making them the first team in four years to win by double digits despite a minus three turnover margin in this game. How do you foresee things playing out? Both teams riding hot win streaks coming into this one. Jags have won six straight, Kansas City five. Yeah, it's kind of the same. It's almost the same handicap with the Giants and the Eagles. Like, I feel like if I had to play this straight up, I'd take the eight and a half with the Jags, but I'm just not really inclined to to do that. I mean, this is, to me, seems like another kind of no-brainer teaser leg. You take them down to under a field goal. This Kansas City Chiefs team coming in rested. had We we know for sure this coaching staff, one of the better coaching staffs in all the NFL, they are going to come in super prepared for this game. They are one of the biggest home field advantages in all the NFL. They get this game at home, of course. Jags coming off of a super, super emotional win. And I I don't try to handicap what these guys feel on the Mm -hmm. inside and emotional letdowns and all the different things like that. But there is something to be said about, hey, look, they had to – it was a hard-fought battle in that game when, like I said, the Chiefs were at home getting massages and and drinking (laughs) Mai Tais and stuff. You know, like, so there's there's all of that going on as well. And so – the Jags, I think, is it's a fine story. I think that the coaching staff there is – Certainly one of the better ones as well. But the Chiefs at home, all that firepower, we're able to just sit and watch that game, game plan, figure out different little things. They're going to come in with – because when you get that bye week, right, like they can start preparing for both teams at the same time. 
and then whichever team wins, then you just spin off that game mm-hmm. plan and go that into the game. So, like, they've had, even though there is only a week between, they only knew the exact opponent for a week, they've been preparing for the Jags for two weeks, right? Because they knew it was going to be one of the two teams. And so, two weeks to prepare, I think it's just going to be too much for, for the Jags when it's all said and done. But I just don't, eight and a half seems appropriate. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to take that with the Jags because another couple of turnovers like they had in the, the first half of that last game, the Chiefs are going to slam the door, right? Like, they're not getting comeback. They're not going to be a Charger situation here. So, that's why I'm not running to take the eight and a half. And then I don't really want to lay it with the Chiefs either because I think the Jags are just froggy enough to keep it competitive. Yeah, I didn't feel particularly interested in making – a spread bet on this, mm-hmm. which is why you and I both ended up doing the most obvious teaser in the history of yeah. teasers when it comes to this week's games with the Chiefs and Eagles. But um, like Jacksonville, to me, I know their defense got made out to look really rough in the first half of that game against LA the other day. But I mean, they were also put in really tough situations with short fields because Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. was turning the ball over the way that he was. So I, I would think that if we get second half Trevor Lawrence and you know second half Jags defense for the course of a full game they could keep it within this number so I think that if I had to pick a side on this Mm -hmm. I might take the eight and a half with Jacksonville I've seen some nines out there as well so maybe take the nine but that's just that's just the immediate feel I have on this game Um, and I mean Jacksonville has been able to bring a lot of pressure on the quarterback and I think that they're going to need to because when there's a clean pocket and Patrick Mahomes is out there he's like number one in everything oh yeah yeah no no doubt about that and this is another one of those games fairly close to the Eagles if you do remember we were on here yesterday and weirdly an eight had come up and a nine had come up that didn't even last to the end of the show and then we're just sitting eight and a half across the board as it is this has basically been stuck at eight and a half as well, right? So nobody really wanting to come in on the eight and a half. Nobody really wanting to take yeah. the eight and a half. It's just a whole bunch of people, I imagine, like we said, probably playing this the same way that we are. It's going to be you, me, and every <laughs> single person we run into between now and kickoff that has the exact same bet in their account. Also, just looking at some ATS stuff, I saw this on Twitter from Jared Smith. He's a regular guest here on VSIN mm-hmm. with a number of programs, but um, a lot. You know, people like to talk about Andy Reid off a bye in his coaching career. He is great. He wins these games, 21-3 and straight up, 8-1 and with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. But for those games, just 5-4 and ATS, um, which I found interesting, losing the two most recent instances against the number. And, again, these are just fun facts. It's nothing for you to actually, like, it's not actionable betting information, but just – Things I think are good to have in your back pocket if you mm-hmm. are somebody who's like, wow, Andy Reid off a of bye is incredible. Uh, I mean, yeah, but the numbers are pretty good too that Oddsmakers put out there. So just yeah. food for thought. There are things that, there are some things that we think that we are so incredibly smart about that are completely in 100% like baked into the line. Yeah. Right. Yes. For, so for example, that's a great point. You brought up, well, I mean, you, you just brought up, so the Xander Shoffley thing, right? Like him being. He would never open at 25 to 1 ever in any tournament, right? Especially one that doesn't have all the top players in the world. But it's baked in that the dude just withdrew. So people like look at that number and they're like, oh my God, 25, 25 to, one. to 1. They yeah. run and like whatever. But it's like, but it's it's baked in that, you know, he just withdrew and he's got this back thing going on, all the stuff like that. So I mean, like, again, we sometimes we think we're so smart, but it's, <laughs> it's, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. So uh, our guy, Steve Buchanan of Draft, Draft Kings, he does have a play. In that AFC matchup um, with the Jags and Chiefs, he also has one in the game that we have not discussed just yet. Bengals and Bills 
Also going head-to-head on Sunday, five-point spread in that one. Two teams that won by the skin of their teeth against backup quarterbacks when they had big spreads and obviously did not cover in either of those instances. How does Steve think that's going to play out when we come back? Don't go anywhere. More VEASAN Final Countdown coming up. Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to check out vsin.com and get the current betting splits data if you want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game. The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets. Where the money doesn't match that public opinion, you can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Of course, we're talking about those NFL divisional round playoff games. Those numbers are up there. Betting splits, another way VEASAN's here to make you a smarter, better year-round. You can check out those splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Stormy Tony and Matt Brown live in Las Vegas at the South Point. Excited to bring in good friend of ours from over at DraftKings, betting analyst covering the NFL, Major League Baseball as well. But we're talking football today. Steve Buchanan, welcome in, buddy, at SBuchanan24, where you just moments ago, during the commercial break, were on the Twitter machine, and you asked the people, who has the best chance to pull an upset this weekend? The votes have not yet been tabulated, but if I ask that question to you, Steve Buchanan, who do you think is on Upset Watch this week? Uh, talk about creating content. Like, you definitely weren't prepared to ask me that three minutes ago because that tweet's only been up for two minutes. What can I say? If I, if I had to say, I want to side with the Bengals at plus 200 on the money line against the Bills. I mean, uh, and this kind of leads to a bet that I also like to as well, but we'll get to that in a minute here. But I just feel like Cincinnati just kind of has all the all, all the keys to beat any of these teams in the playoffs if they can withstand those offensive line issues. That's the biggest thing right now. That's been issues for the Bengals for years now, and they really kind of went out of their way to try to improve that offensive line, but there's nothing you can do when injuries happen, and that's what's happened right now. I saw, But I still think that the Bengals have so many ways that they can beat you offensively, whereas they can't say that about all the teams remaining. So if we're just going to get into talking about the Bengals, then I might as well talk about how I do like them on the points here at plus five and a half. I mean, this is going to be only the third time this season that the Bengals are underdogs and they're two and zero against the spread in that in that scenario. They covered against Baltimore as three point dogs, and then they beat the Chiefs outright by three points when they were two and a half point dogs in that game. The issue I have with the Bills at this point in time is that they're just really having trouble putting these subpar offenses away with the Dolphins in New England, particularly over the last two games. I mean, we could very easily be talking about the Dolphins advancing from last weekend. There really was never a point in time where you felt like, okay, the Bills have this game locked up. And look at the offense that they were running out there. Skylar Thompson-led offense. I mean, come on. I mean, that shouldn't be an issue. Now you got our boy, Joey B, coming in with all of his weapons in this game against the Bills, who are also only 3-5 and five against the spread as a home favorite this season. So, again, 
I'm not trying to take away from how much the offensive line for the Bengals is going to be an issue. That is going to be a major issue. But if Joe Burrow can get those passes out quickly, that's kind of where the Bills really kind of falter on the defensive side in that type of game sense. So I think that the Bengals should cover in this squad, giving me five points with the Bengals and Joe Burrow. That really feels like an enticing number and one I really can't pass up. If he really is our boy, Steve, our boy, you, will, you, Joey will, B. you will call him by his name, which is Jesus H. Burrow. Thank you very much. From here forth, he is Jesus H. Burrow, and that is how he will be referred to on this program. Let's head over to <laughs> let's head over to the Chiefs and the Jags. We've got the Jags as big underdogs in this one, but but you uh you don't think it's uh, too many points. No, I, I like the Jaguars here, getting that over a touchdown, getting that at plus eight and a half. Real quick before I go into this, too, this is like such a great game to tease in either direction because you're getting a really strong number on either side. You can get the Jaguars at plus 14 and a half, so obviously getting them at a great number there, or even teasing the Chiefs down to minus two and a half, getting them under that key number of three. So if you're looking to tease, this is obviously a great game to do that on either side because, quite frankly, both scenarios could play out whatever, whatever side that you have in this game. But taking this as eight and a half for the Jaguars here, this is not a spot where the Chiefs have necessarily done well as seven and a half point favorites or higher. The Kansas City Chiefs are only three and five against the spread this season. And that kind of coincides with their poor ATS record to begin with overall. They were six, 10 and one against the spread and they covered by an average of just half a point this season. So it's not like they were exactly dominating these teams ATS. Then you have the Jacksonville Jaguars who obviously had that unbelievable comeback against the Chargers last week. They've covered in five of their last six games. Now four of those games, they were underdogs in those games. And then it really is a testament to how good this offense has been. Since coming out of their bye week earlier this season, they've averaged 27.3 points per game after that fact. That's why they're winning these games. They're putting up these monster points against pretty good defenses too as well. And Kansas City, you know, that secondary can definitely be beat. They're going to be in a very pass-heavy script. And as we've seen, Trevor Lawrence, that's been where he's been succeeding lately. So I think this is a spot where I'm going to be covering Jacksonville. I never thought that in the divisional round, I'd be looking to side with the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> against the Chiefs, but this is just kind of where we are right now, and they're a great second-half team, and that's going to lead to another point that I have here. Well, yeah, and so one of the questions I was going to ask you, um, which is a, a question I kind of like posed to myself a little bit ago, was my thought process in this game is just wondering, are we going to get first-half Trevor Lawrence or second-half Trevor Lawrence? Based on a bet that I see here on my sheet, you think at least in the second half we're going to get second-half Trevor Lawrence from that Chargers matchup. Yeah, I think so too. And taking the second half over of 26 and a half points at minus 115 is a number that I really like here. We have two of the better scoring teams in the second half going up against each other. Kansas City ranks third in the league, averaging 13.1 points per game. Jacksonville, not too far behind, ranks seventh at 12.8 average points per game in the second half. And then you look at Jacksonville. We talk about how good this offense has been, specifically over the last three games. They're averaging just under 16 points in the second half of these games. And again, if this is a scenario where the Chiefs kind of go up early and then we have a very pass-heavy script for the Jaguars in the second half, that's where I think we can get that over of 26 and a half. I mean, don't forget, these two teams met earlier in the year. It had a similar total, total where it's over 50 points. It went way under that total here. That's also really before we saw the Jaguars really turn a corner and really start to fire off on all cylinders 
on offense. So I think that's the team we're going to see in this one here against the Chiefs. So I do like the second half to go over that number of 26 and a half. I think that's a good number to take, especially with how both of these teams play in the second half of these games. Good news for the Jags. Official injury report just came out. Brandon Sheriff back at practice today, although in a limited fashion, but DNP yesterday. So getting him back out there is definitely good. This Eagle squad coming out with what we assume is a what we assume is a healthy Jalen Hurts, but I mean, you know, we'll take their word for it. With everything, you are looking for that shoulder to be okay and connect with his main target. Yeah, AJ Brown to go over 69 and a half receiving yards to getting that at minus 115. AJ Brown has done some major damage even on limited catches against the Giants this season. Now, take this with a little bit of a grain of salt. We know the last week of the season, the Giants are kind of rolling out their B squad, but even in the game where they were playing with their full capacity of players, A.J. Brown had a huge game against them then. In total during the regular season, A.J. Brown had only eight catches but went for 165 yards on those catches and a touchdown in those two games. That means he's averaging over 20 yards per reception against this giant squad. That's been their biggest weakness is trying to protect the pass and that secondary. Teams have been able to beat them through the air, and I expect no less even with Jalen Hurts coming in, nursing that shoulder injury. I truly feel like I know the Eagles needed to win that game in, in Week uh, 18, but if they really didn't think he was ready, I don't think he would have taken the field and played for as long as he did because even though they had to win that game, Played the whole thing, looked good, was accurate with his pass attempts, and then that's the matchup he's going to get this week here as well against the Eagles. So I really am not worried about Jalen Hurts in this game. Obviously, with the bye week, that was helpful. They could get the rest that he needs to get in preparation for this game. But A.J. Brown is definitely something I'm going to be targeting in the player prop department to go over his total. That just feels pretty low. But like I mentioned, somebody who's averaging over 20 yards per reception against this secondary. So give me A.J. Brown to go over his receiving yards this week. Yeah, and each of the meetings... Uh... Uh, against the Giants this year. He had at least one catch pop for 33-plus yards. Yep. So we'll see if he can get another one. Any other props that you have in pocket looking ahead to this weekend? Yeah, going back to that Chiefs and Jaguars game, Jarek McKinnon to go over 34.5 receiving yards, and even him to score an anytime touchdown looks pretty enticing. The Jaguars mm. have allowed the second most receiving yards to opposing running backs. Oddly enough, they're only one of four teams that did not allow a receiving touchdown to the running back position. But that being said, McKinnon, he averaged, excuse me, he had 16 total red zone targets. That's with coming into week 11 with only six. So since week 11, 10 targets in the red zone. You're telling me he's not going to be heavily involved in this game against the Jaguars. He's going to be a big part of that one there. And if you believe that this total is going to hit the over, which is over 53 points, then McKinnon should be heavy, heavily involved in the offense as well. They've really unlocked something with him. That's their guy out of the backfield that they're throwing passes to. So that feels like a really low number for him to go over 34 and a half, especially to a team that allows so many receiving yards to that position to begin with. You're awesome, Steve. Thanks for the time, buddy. Of course. We'll talk to you next week. Steve Buchanan doing great work over there at DraftKings. Joins us every week at this time. And Jarek McKinnon, by the way, he talked about, I mean, those red zone targets, eight receiving touchdowns and one rushing in his last six games. Did not get into the end zone the first meeting uh, against the uh, the Jaguars here this season, but minus 110 anytime score, seven to one first score. I'll have to, um, you know, get into conversations with producer Steph on her first touchdown likes this weekend for sure.
This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge, the VSIN experts have you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with a new introduction introductory dang it mm. offer of just 9.99 i'm fired vsin pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of top plays yeah. made from vsin show hosts and guests tools like our betting splits they'll let you see where the money and bets are moving for every game deep dive betting reports vsin betting guides for the biggest games of the season where our experts break down brackets best bets and big game props don't miss out again this is a limited time offer 9.99 vsin.com slash subscribe how many japanese yen do you think it is Fun. You're not going Uganda yeah. today. Yeah. How many Japanese yen do you think it is? A lot. It's, I mean, it is. Very it, high number. It is, it is a lot. Um, mm, Let's do this. 200,000? 1,287 <laughs> okay. Japanese yen. <laughs> so if you want to pay <laughs> in Japanese, if you do want to pay for a Visa and Pro subscription in Japanese yen, it is going to run you 1,287 That's crazy. Japanese yen. Um, are you feeling, I, I know that we've complained Warm? a number of, yes. Um, it feels on? like my chair has like a car seat heater on it. Mm. Currently, like I leaned back and I was like, oh, Sweet mama. Usually it's, I only turn that thing on to keep the Chipotle warm in the passenger side. Yeah, seat. it's, it's, uh, let me tell you, it's, I'm glistening maybe a tad. Like, <laughs> just a tad like, I'm just kind of like, yeah. Yeah, so you know. you know how like when you come in mm -hmm. and you're like, it's raining outside, my hair doesn't mm -hmm. look how it should. That's how I feel about my makeup just melting off of my face. Does it feel like it's just, like, it's just like <laughs> every segment that we go along, like, is it on my shirt? Are we, what's happening like, here? Like you just had a good cry or something or whatever. <laughs> like, it's I'm just very, like, it's just, just very coming, emotional just, today. Just coming right there. Um, rolling along here though, I know we've been very heavy talking mm -hmm. the NFL and we will wrap up the show in about 15 minutes getting back to the divisional round, where we see things playing out in the AFC, NFC, Super Bowl matchups, that kind of thing. But there are nine games coming up today in the association. So always good to give the people the, the lines and see what's out there. If you want to get in on the Wizards and Knicks, that is 740 Eastern. The Knicks are five-point favorites, 224 is your total. Bradley Beal expected back for the Wizards tonight in this one. Missed the last five games for them. So if that changes your opinion on the game at all. 740 Eastern, the Hawks and the Mavericks. Mavericks, two and a half point home favorites here. 233 is the total. The news today, Luka Doncic apparently telling the Mavs they better put some players around him. We need some more players up, up, up in Dallas if we're going uh, to make a a run here, so that is something people were talking about today. 8-10 Eastern, the Cavs and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are seven-and-a-half-point home favorites here over the Cavs. 228 is your total. 8-10 Eastern, the Pacers and the Thunder. The Thunder are three-and-a-half-point home favorites over the Pacers. 239, the total there. 8-10 Eastern, Heat and Pelicans. The Heat are three-and-a-half-point road favorites over the Pelicans. 220 is the total. Kyle Lowry is going to be a go tonight. Uh, that's the last word we got anyway for the Heat. 8-10 Eastern, Hornets and the Rockets. Two-and-a-half-point favorites are the Hornets on the road. 237 is your total there. 9-10 Eastern, Clippers and the Jazz. The Jazz are eight-point home favorites here over the Clippers. No Paul George, no Kawhi Leonard tonight for the Clippers, so they find themselves as eight-point road dogs. 228.5 is the total there. 10-10 Eastern, got the Timberwolves and the Nuggets. The Nuggets are nine-and-a-half-point home favorites here over the Timberwolves. 238.5 is the total. Jamal Murray is probable for the Nuggets tonight. No Rudy Gobert 
for the Timberwolves in this one. So they find themselves as nine-and-a-half-point road dogs there to the Nuggets. And then the final tip of the evening, we've got the Kings and the Lakers. The Kings are two-point road favorites over the Lakers. 246-and-a-half is your total. And, I mean, as always, if you go to vsin.com slash JVT, our senior NBA betting analyst, uh, Jonathan Von Tobel, who you know him, love him from his appearances on Visa and Final Countdown, a number of shows across the network. He does a daily market report talking through his best bets for the NBA every day, gives you those updated injury reports, ins and outs of the lineup you need to know, also has a regular podcast, Hardwood Handicappers, that is downloadable wherever you get your podcast. He does a good job, um, not only of just, like, games on a day-to-day basis, but analyzing where markets are going to move and futures and all of that good stuff. Um, sticking with the theme, though, of basketball, college hoops. Yesterday, some some notable results. Shout out our girl, Danielle Alvari. Um, usually she's talking all things L.A., but she was getting in on Big 12 college hoops yesterday and crushed it. She had uh, Kansas State over Kansas, which ended up coming to fruition, an 83-82 win for the Wildcats in overtime. She had Iowa State over Texas. That came through 78-68 to and the over in Baylor-Texas Tech. Uh, one of those we talked about on the show how those are both teams that could score in bunches. They did get over the number. There are eight top 25 teams in action tonight. Only one true, you know, top 25 ranked on ranked crime coming up tonight at 9 Eastern. There are a couple, actually, this game included with Providence and Marquette. Um, two kind of revenge narrative type of games that I'm looking at tonight on the College Hoops slate. So number 22, Providence at number 20, Marquette, 9 Eastern on CBS Sports later on. Marquette is 10-1 and straight up at home, has a very good home court advantage. Um, They lost a high-scoring shootout in double overtime at Providence not too long ago, 103-98. At at the end of regulation, it was a 78-78 score, so 156 points before the extra session. The total in this one has gone down from from 152.5 to 150.5. So, I mean, if you think there are going to be points, there's certainly reason to believe that. But money has come in. On Marquette, I bet them this morning as a six-point favorite, now sitting seven and a half. I I don't know if that's maybe a little too high for my liking now, but Providence in that earlier game was very fortunate to ultimately come out with the win. Um, They had 30 more free throw attempts. So a little bit of that, I mean, home cooking officiating type of a situation, I felt like. And so I liked Marquette in this spot. Um, very good at home, like I said, and in a revenge spot. And then the other one I was looking at is number 25, Arkansas at Missouri. Same time tip off, but on SEC Network. A week ago, this would have been two nationally ranked teams, but Arkansas down from 15 to 25, Missouri from 20 now out of the top 25. But Arkansas beat the Tigers 74 to 68 a couple weeks ago in Fayetteville. And this was a game where Missouri had a 17 point lead at one point and just you know my favorite phrase, like a cookie in milk, Mm -hmm. they crumbled. And so I don't think that that's going to happen at home. Similar to what I said about Marquette, 10-1 and at home, very good on their home court. Arkansas has just one conference win. They're 1-4 in the SEC, and that was their lone meeting with the Tigers. Um, This is an Arkansas team that has largely underachieved this year, really struggling with their perimeter shooting. So I bet Missouri on the money line. 
And it's a minus 130 price as a short home favorite from minus one and a half now up to, we're seeing two and a half here. I see two at DraftKings with that money line price still staying uh, around the same. Minus 140 at South Point, but minus 130 on DraftKings and elsewhere. Um, so that's the way that I'm kind of leaning. Those were the two marquee games where I thought, okay, home teams that are very, very good on their home courts lost earlier meetings that they probably shouldn't have and now have the opportunity to bounce back at home. Coming through, Jordan Rodriguez, who's an awesome yeah. like, beat reporter for She's the Rams. She's a friend of mine. Yes. Uh, so late last week, kind of under the radar, uh, Sean McVay let go of six assistant coaches for the Rams and two more left for other opportunities. So eight new coaches mm. there for the Rams. So he decided to come back and clean house. So eight new coaches for the Rams heading into next season. So Sean said, yeah, I'll come back. I'm going to fire everyone, but I'm coming back. Interesting. Yeah. Eight I don't, new coaches there for the I, Rams. I don't have any draft picks. All that I can do now is just change fire the coaches. coaching yeah. staff. <laughs> all I can do is just fire coaches. So that's all I got. That is interesting, yeah. though. What we, do you make of that? We got an aging quarterback. We might have a arm problem or back problem. All this stuff. I might have to go with Baker Mayfield. I'm just firing everyone. Who cares? Ugh. Let's see what we can do. Interesting. That is surprising. No, I know Jordan back when um, we were both, you know, just trying to make things happen in Carolina. She was a beat reporter for the Panthers at the time when I was out there as their little team reporter. So she's crushing it that. in L.A. Yeah. With the I mean, the, re really, really, I mean, really plugged in there yeah. with, with the Rams and stuff. And so, uh, yeah, eight new coaches there for the Rams, if that seems yeah. interesting. One, um, one tennis bet that I am going Ooh. to make this evening. Casper uh, Rude is playing, uh, is is facing off against Jensen Brooksby, and Jensen Brooksby. I don't expect him to necessarily win. He is a little over two to one dog in that one. But if you can find a spread of like plus five and a half or plus four and a half, something like that, I think both of those are pretty playable here. Casper Root obviously has been playing very, very great and two-time finalist and things like that here. But Brooksby's got a win over a top-10 opponent already and stuff, and there's things going on there. I think that this is this, the way that those styles kind of set up, that he can at least keep it close. Um, his serve a little bit better here lately as well. So uh, I'm going to play the play the spread. I'm going to take the games there with Brooksby. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I like you're just throwing out. I, I didn't. I didn't expect that. I mm -hmm. appreciate it. There out are, of nowhere. There are uh, last thirty seconds here of the segment. Five games in the NHL tonight. Uh, only one that I really considered. Bruins at Islanders. I like the Bruins potentially on the puck line. I do think they win as a near two dollar favorite. Speaking of which, on this day, because you know I love those. In 1958, Willie O'Ree became the first black player in the National Hockey League. He was with the Bruins. So I just like the good vibes uh, around this state as we well. Make they, you I mean, they've been incredible. They really, really have. Islanders, not so much. Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Thank you for that incredible lead in Brent Musburger. Football playoffs are heating up with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all things football. This playoff season, celebrate this weekend with our divisional round parlay insurance, then extend the fun through the rest of the postseason with the playoffs first touchdown insurance. Log on to betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today to get in on all of the action. It's a whole new game. Brent Musburger, of course. Broadcasting legend. He's uh, always on the network, has his countdown to kick off on the weekends, which is a lot of fun. But I always just are like, you, I you, geek is out this a your little hum, bit. Is this your humble brag? No, I was going to say. you were on the show this past week? Is this what this is? I wasn't going to say that at all. Uh-huh, yeah, you were. But I was going to geek out that Guess I just, what? I think it's cool that every, like, he does the leads in, lead-ins for our shows. Guess what? What? Guess what? I was on the show in week two. So Guess you, what? Guess what? I was on the I show. I had him on my show every week last I was, year I was before on, I got stuck with you. I was no, on the kidding. show. I was on the show in week two. They waited till week nineteen to bring you in. Like I was, I was out of town every weekend. <laughs> vacation. Vacation. <laughs> Come on, haters gonna hate. I know some people. That's no, fair. I was just saying I like those. I think they're fun. They um, okay, so obviously this time of year, the prop betting options are getting crazy. On, I mean for all of you out there. For mm. for us here in Las Vegas, not yeah. as much, which I know you love to, to mention, so yeah. I'll throw that out there. But yeah. on DraftKings Sportsbook right now, there are a number of different things, whether it's game by game or the playoffs as a whole. And one market that's pretty interesting is the stage of elimination props out there. So for each team, you can basically say if and when they're going to lose at a certain point. So for, let's say, the Kansas City Chiefs, for example, in the AFC, to lose this week in the divisional round – plus 330 price to lose next time around in the conference championship, plus 140 to lose in the Super Bowl four to one. And then their Super Bowl odds at plus 310. And so what's kind of interesting about some of these is that the numbers don't always match the situation as much. Mm -hmm. So like for what the number is in the game this coming weekend, it's a different number in these markets. So sometimes you can find a little bit of value depending on what you're looking at. Yeah. If there's, there's one thing that's fairly interesting from an NFC standpoint, if, People see like the the going mindset here seems to be that the Eagles and 49ers are kind of head and shoulders above everybody, and it's going to be those two teams, even though the line in that 49ers game is is not huge, right? I mean, it's still pretty close, sitting at three and a half. And so you look, and if you believe that those teams get there, and then you believe that Cincinnati or Buffalo or Kansas City is all is, is superior to either one of those teams. The losing the Super Bowl is three to one and four to one on the Eagles and 49ers respectively. So obviously you could bet one unit on both of those and you would profit no matter if as so long as one of those two teams made it to the Super Bowl and and did go down. So there is kind of something like that. And again, these are also interesting ways you can start to hedge if you have futures out there on Super Bowl teams and things like that. Those are this is where the the Math, not a, not a huge fan of, of math, to be honest with you. Like, no, yeah, journal- I was a journalism major not, for a not, not a huge Not a huge fan of math, but you start doing the maths and stuff like that in your head and see if you can, you know, if you have, especially if you have like long, like longer tickets and stuff like that, you certainly want to start to, to make sure that you make some money off of all of those. And so th- these these alternate markets are, are pretty awesome for that. So was there anything, like let's just look at the AFC here first, whether it's Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, mm-hmm. or Jags, just any of these stage of elimination numbers that like you, you look at and you're like, eh, that feels like super possible. That feels like a good number. The lose in the conference championship for Cincinnati is at least somewhat interesting to me. Um, in within this one, because we're looking at them to to lose next round, and um, we're getting you know four to one 
on that. And so with that, I mean, listen, do we think that they could pull the upset, a major, major upset here over the Bills? But are they going to be able to go on the road two weeks in a row and knock off Buffalo and Kansas City? I mean, I think that that is, even if you really like Cincinnati this week, I think you have to think that's a pretty tall task to ask of them to get done. So there is there is at least that, right? I mean, like there is mm-hmm. at least that to um, that you could look at. Also, if you are looking at alternate ways that some of these numbers don't necessarily always add up, they lose in the divisional round, which just means that the Bengals are going to lose this week to the Buffalo Bills, is minus 225. But if you want to bet the Bills on the money line, it is minus 240. So you would bet lose in the divisional round on Cincinnati as opposed to minus 240 on the Bills on the money line. So, again, yeah. shop around for stuff like that where there is a difference in the pricing in these alt markets where it's the exact same bet. Yes. It's the exact same outcome. <laughs> it's just a better number. There are a number of those, I feel yeah. like, that we see throughout the season when when different prop markets come up. And well, like, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's the that's and, and listen, there is a reason why – the Nevada books around us don't always offer these massive diff- different markets because you got to keep up with a lot of stuff, right? And like a money line might move a lot quicker because, you know, a massive bet comes in, an algorithm gets triggered, whatever. They're moving these numbers and all of they'd be like, these alt markets aren't going to necessarily move just in unison, mm-hmm. right? With, with everything. And so you kind of start to find these anomalies here and there with all of that. So again, just if you're, if you are looking to bet a money line this week on any of these teams, go into some of these alt markets and see if you are getting a better number by betting an alt market as opposed to just the straight money line. So we did the exercise a week ago where we kind of went through and said, here's who we think are going to be in the conference championship, Mm -hmm. who's going to be in and win the Super Bowl, and what those numbers associated with it were. Um, And and you kind of just referenced just now who people largely think are going to be in certain situations. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious what you think, and maybe we can dive into this a little bit later um, on a show in the next couple of days. But where things sit right now, because I think a lot of the results from this weekend, maybe the games themselves didn't play out the way that we thought they were Mm -hmm. when we made those initial statements. Is there anything that you feel like, hey, I feel very confident that this is going to be the conference championship matchup, or at least this team is going to be in that position? I mean, I do really, I I do really like the Niners. And I, I understand the Cowboys look pretty fantastic this past weekend. We talked about it from a game planning standpoint on both sides of the ball. The offensive play calling was great. And certainly the defensive play calling was great as well. But I really do like the 49ers. And again, like I, I like I said, I think that the this is just where the the Giants luck kind of runs out mm-hmm. here against the Eagles. So that to me seems the most likely of the combos because I, I think Cincinnati's live. I if if Josh Allen is not completely buttoned up this week, there is a real chance that Cincinnati could could win that game, right? I mean, I don't think it's likely given their offensive line situation because that's eventually just gonna that's eventually gonna bite them, right? I mean, like you just you replace three offensive linemen late in the season, you know, even though you do have a week to prepare this time. It's not like guys getting thrown in there and going, oh, but hey, by the way, you know, you're 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 in there every down now. It's it's just a again, like I was saying, kind of a tall task. Yeah. Alex Kappa and um uh, what's his face? Can't can't think of his name right now. But uh neither one of them practiced today. And I mean the expectation is that they're 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 not going to be available in the game, but just something to make sure you're aware of, Kansas City is plus 140 to win the AFC and be the representative on that side of things in the Super Bowl. San Francisco plus 175. And I I do agree with the 49ers side of things. I've, I've felt this way for a couple weeks now mm-hmm. in the second half performance that we saw from Brock Purdy um, this past weekend just kind of further cemented that. And I, I hate that we're putting 
so much of the conversation around one player and one person, but I, I, I mean, it's important because yeah. he has been able to utilize the weapons around him and not mess up what we know is a good thing because that's very, it's very easy to do. <laughs> um, yeah. And for what you said about well, Josh Allen as well, oh, we go through these quarter. I mean, it's yeah. but it's for real. Though. Like we did this yesterday, we go through these quarterbacks: first rounder, first rounder, first rounder, second rounder, first rounder, first rounder, fourth rounder. Last pick in the entire draft. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, like seriously, last pick in the this past last draft is yes. what I might, I might add. Things that have yeah. never been done. He's 23 <laughs> years old, but like you mentioned earlier in the show, everything that this kid does is never been done and mm. is a first time experience and is a da, 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 da. so. I mean, we're just gonna keep having that conversation, but it's been really, really impressive what he's done to this point. But what would be the most shocking to you this week outcome? Um, I would be shocked if the Jaguars won. Okay, that would be yeah. If the if the Jags beat the Chiefs, I think that Coming would be... Coming out of a bye and all the things absolutely. like that. Because like you said, week. I mean, yeah. having that extra time to prepare for a team, mm -hmm. The I know that in the postseason and being an NFL professional organization, you don't like to say, oh, it's a letdown mm -hmm. spot. But there was a lot that went into them mm -hmm. coming back and rallying to win that game against the Chargers. And I think that does take a little bit of a toll. I'm sure they were celebrating, getting yes. their first playoff win in what feels like forever. And so there are a lot of just other factors in addition to what we know in terms of talent on both sides um, of that one. But I, I did just want to go back real quickly to what you said about Josh Allen and the mistakes. He does lead the NFL in total touchdowns with 45, and he also is there right with the lead for total turnovers with 22 this year. It's been really strange to see, like, the highs and lows that Josh Allen is capable of. Which is why I think we've got a total as high as we do at 48-and-a-half because, uh, yes, it's two good offenses, but I also think that they're baking in a little bit. There might be a short field or two in this thing, right? I mean, you know, somebody does something kind of – kind of silly, and one of these teams ends up with a short field. And, of course, a good offense with a short field is likely to put points on the board. I mean, 48 and a half is a pretty high total yeah. for this game. I know you're disappointed in me in not saying that the biggest surprise would be if Dallas beats San Francisco, but... Uh, but it's I, the, listen, yeah. you are being true to it's yourself. It's a short number yes. for a reason, yes. and it bothers me. Appreciate That's the That's a truth. wrap for us on VEASAN Final Countdown today. VEASAN Prime Time with Tim Murray and Sean King after a quick break.